The word engage means, according to the Oxford Dictionary, it means to occupy, attract, or involve someone's interest or attention. It also means to participate or become involved in. To participate or become involved in. I know it is a simple word. It's a common word. It's not even really necessarily a biblical word per se. If you do a concordance search in your Bible, you're not going to find the word engage pop up. But I believe in the Holy Ghost. This is the word right now for Antioch Central. Corporately and collectively and individually, this is the word of God to us. I'm going to do a lot of reading, scripture reading this evening, basically from two different passages, so it's not going to be a matter of turning to different places, but there are two particular passages I felt like the Holy Ghost impressed upon me for this service this evening. The first one is found starting in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse number 24. It's in this passage, in fact it's just a few verses before this, when Elisha was surrounded by the Syrian army and his servant was kind of in panic mode and Elisha said, those that are for us are more than those that are against us. And then he prayed this prayer, Lord, open his eyes. I pray tonight that there would be some spiritual eyesight given afresh and anew, that we could stop looking at what we are seeing with a natural eye and start looking at what we can see with a spiritual eye because I declare to you tonight that what is for us is far greater than what is against us. So I will read starting with verse number 24. And it came to pass after this that the that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his host and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it until a, donkey, a donkey's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cash... I'm I'm trying hard to read from my Bible. I have a new prescription for new glasses, and I haven't gotten them yet. I'm going to the iPad because I can at least read it. So I I, I have my Bible here, but it's not working. (laughs) There was a great famine in Syria, and behold, they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cab of Doug's dung for five pieces of silver. In case you're missing what's being said there, that's what they were selling to find something to eat. And the circumstances were so dire that these things, that some some uh, dove's poop was being sold for five pieces of silver. And so the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall. There cried a woman unto him, saying, Help me, my help my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, whence shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the wine press? And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, 
this woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. Can you imagine the degree of desperation you must be in to even agree that you will sacrifice your own child for food? You would have thought that maybe the mother of the first child being sacrificed would have had a little bit of red flags to say, wait a minute, if you want, let's do yours first. She said, give thy son that we may eat him, and she hath her son. She went back on her word. She didn't agree to the deal. And it came to pass when the king heard the words of the woman, he was so moved, disturbed, distraught by the words of the woman, he rent his clothes and he passed by upon the wall. And the people looked and behold, he had sackcloth within upon his flesh. Then said, then he said, God, do so and more to me. If the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day, i.e., you do more to me if by the end of the day Elisha's head isn't cut off. But Elisha, <laughs> unmoved, it doesn't, I'm, 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 I'm inserting a little commentary here. But Elisha, unmoved, sat in his house. Elisha, unworried, sat in his house. Elisha, unafraid, sat in his house. And the elders sat with him, and the king sent a man from before him. But ere the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, See ye how this son of a murderer has sent to take away mine head. Look, when the messenger cometh, shut the door and, be, and hold him fast at the door. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him? If you're not getting the picture here, Elisha knows what's happening before it happened. He knew somebody was on their way to his house to kill him before they showed up at his house to kill him. Oh God, baptize us with the faith and confidence that God is able to tell us in advance the obstacles that lie in wait and the traps that the enemy wants to set. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And while he yet talked, Elisha, while Elisha yet talked with them, behold, the messenger came to him and said, Behold, this evil is of the Lord. What should I wait for the Lord any, what, what should I wait for the Lord any longer? Chapter 7 and verse 1. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow, tomorrow, it's not going to take us as long to get out of this as it took us to get into it. I promise you, it wasn't on the first day of no food that that mother said, let's kill our babies and eat them. Again, you get to that point, you are in pretty desperate situations. So this had been going on long enough to bring a mother to the place of being willing to kill and eat her own child. But Elisha says, tomorrow, tomorrow, 
About this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. I know what it looks like today. I know what we're dealing with today. I know what we're facing today. But tomorrow... I know what we've been going through, but tomorrow. I know what the circumstances say, but tomorrow. I know what the forecast is because of what we've been dealing with, but tomorrow. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows In heaven might this thing be. If God would make windows in heaven, then we would see this. It wasn't a statement of faith there. It was a statement of sarcasm, cynicism. Watch what happens. The man of God responds and says, Behold, you're going to see it with your eyes. But you're not going to eat of it. I challenge every person that's a part of this congregation, whether you're in this sanctuary or watching online tonight, if there's something that's said or done here tonight and you don't have the faith to believe it, I challenge you just at least keep your mouth shut. And I mean that out of sincere desire. Because if you keep your mouth shut, you might be able to see it and believe it and be a part of it. But he spoke against it and he said, Behold, this is now Elisha speaking, Behold, you're going to see it with your eyes, but you will not eat thereof. I think I'll read it in a moment. But I'll just reference it now. And if you're not familiar with the story, not only did he just see it and not eat of it, he lost his life in it. How sad is that? To lose your life in the midst of the provision. How sad is it to have survived the famine? Uh, How sad is it to have survived the famine but not participate in the deliverance? To have suffered through all of that and now that victory's coming, you lose out on the victory. So if nothing else, do like the man did when he came to Jesus. Lord, I believe, but I need you to help my unbelief. You're going to see it with your eyes, but you're not going to eat of it. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here till we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall but die. You want to talk about being between a rock? And a hard place, we sit here and we're going to die of starvation and leprosy. We go in the city, we're going to die of starvation. We go to the enemy's camp, he's 
they're probably just going to kill us. So let's see, we got three options. Die, die, or die. Except, what if we engage and do something? What if we decide to not sit here? Let's talk about a rock in a hard place. COVID-19. Racial injustice. Political instability. Die, die, or die. You know, one of the best places you can get to is when you finally decide the only option I have is to die. Because for me to live is Christ. But to die is gain. I'm not here tonight to get on COVID. It just seems like it's almost impossible. But I'm going to tell you in the Holy Ghost, when some of you are going to finally get over the fear of COVID, it's not going to be when hands are laid on you rebuking the fear. You're going to get over the fear of COVID when you finally truthfully make up your mind and say, you know what? For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. So you're not going to threaten me with what is gain. I didn't get my tutorial yet. Help me out a little bit here. We got a new higher tech monitor control. Just give me a little more, please. Die, die, or die. We stay, we die, we go in the city, we die, we go to the camp of the enemy, they may kill us. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. What does the enemy have you paralyzed in fear over to move because of what might happen but what's already happened is what you think is going to stand against you what you think is going to be the obstacle has already been moved out of the way I want you to notice something in the other passage I'm going to read here in a few moments the Lord willing I want you to notice something about both of these passages there was no word from God There was no voice from heaven to these four leprous men. Thus saith the Lord to you, my four lepers, go to the camp of the Syrians. They just said, you know what? We sit here, we're going to die. We go there, we're going to die. We go there, we may die. But let's quit sitting. Let's quit surviving. And they got to the camp of the enemy and there was no man there. For the Lord, for the Lord 
had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their donkeys, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. Oh, it's, it's time for all of us lepers to get up where we've been sitting, stuck for months. We can't do this. We can't go here. We can't do that. We can't this. We can't that. Well, let's just see what God might can do. If they would have sat there and waited on a word from God. Don't get me wrong. I believe in a word from God. I want a word from God. But also, I think we've become too dependent. Because most of us, it's not just a word from God we want. Then we want three, four, five confirmations of that word. I only know of one time where God spoke to Noah and said, build an ark. One time God said, I'm going to destroy the earth. He says one of the craziest things that have ever been said in all of history. And only he heard it. And he only heard it one time. But one time was enough. And as much as it seemed impossible, as much as it seemed improbable, Noah acted on one word. These guys said, I'm tired of sitting. I'm tired of dying. If I'm going to die, I want to at least decide how I die. If I'm going to die, I want to at least die my way, not on the enemy's terms. I don't want to die because the enemy's got me hemmed in and paralyzed out of fear and doubt and unbelief. They got to move and they they didn't even know. I've heard folks, I'm not trying to be contrary, contradictory to anybody. I've heard people through the years, well, you know, I dance when God tells me to dance. I run when God tells me to run. I hope the only time you don't, I hope the only time you tell your spouse you love them is not when they ask you to tell them. Can you imagine if, if the only time, how many of you would be content if your spouse only ever told you they loved you when you asked them to tell you they love you? If God tells me to dance, I, if I was God, I'm just no offense, if I was God, I, I'd be like, you know what, if I got to tell you to worship me, if I got to tell you to dance, if I got to tell you to run, don't do it. They didn't sit, wait. They got up and moved. You see, I think there's a pattern here. When you get desperate enough to decide, I'm going to engage in something. I can't stay here. You may not know when you take the first step, anything's happening. You may not know when you take the second step, anything's happening. In fact, they didn't know that when they began to walk, God said to Brother Angel Jalen, Get the equipment. Turn up the sound. 
Turn up the reverb. If I have to replace it, I'll replace it. But all of a sudden from heaven. Magnified. That the whole camp of the the Syrians started going, oh, wait a minute. I wish I had a little help here tonight. Oh, wait a minute. The, The Israelites have done, hired some help. No, just a bunch of weak Hungry, miserable lepers decided, I am tired of sitting. I'm tired of dying. Let's at least move. They got to the camp. And there was no one there. Oh, God. I wonder how many things in the last 10 months are just waiting on a church that'll get up and move. Let me tell you something. If you didn't listen to the message that I sent out this morning, apparently it may not remain online, so you don't have an infinite amount of time to watch. You need to watch it. But I have wa- I've watched that message. I've watched about four or five other different messages from different places in the last several weeks, and including what Brother Shelton ministered here last Saturday morning. And I'm telling you something. The Spirit of the Lord is saying something to the church. I've heard guys preaching that I don't even know. I, I haven't heard them preach, and I'm certain they're not listening to me preach. And we're saying almost some of the exact same things. The Lord said in Revelation when He spoke to the church, before He spoke to each one of the churches, He said to him that hath ears, let him hear. Do you know God could be speaking, but you're not hearing? Or as I've already said, there may be too many voices, and so you're not tuned in to the voice. When these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and went and hid and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Probably because of fear that they're coming back. Let me just say this, from this moment forward already, but from this moment forward, I promise you, to the absolute best of my ability, I will only say what I feel like the Holy Ghost gives me to say. I promise you that to the best. I'm not going to say I'll be perfect at it. I'm just telling you that is my desire. I think they were hiding stuff because they were afraid of the enemy coming back. So they were getting what they could while the getting was good. I refuse to live in fear that I'm going to get COVID again. And I don't care what the variants or variations or strains are. I'm not going to live in fear that what I went through in November, I'm going to go through again and maybe even worse. You see, I think in verse 8, they're operating after fear, in fear. 
But watch what happens in verse 9. They said one to another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. You can find from the beginning of this book to the end of this book, there were times that the world reaped the benefits of things they had no clue where it came from. They had no clue that what they were enjoying was because of the people of God that were being blessed. The king had no idea what was going on. While the provision was already being made, he still didn't know it. He didn't hear the sound that the Syrian army heard. He didn't know that the Syrian army was fleeing their camp. He didn't know that. He didn't know that four weak, unintimidating lepers decided to engage in something different than just sitting. What if? What if? What if this little group of people right here, those that are online that are a part of us, what if we decide we're not sitting anymore? We're not surviving anymore. We're going to move and just see what God will do. What if there's some victories around us that God is going to bring to a world that they don't even, they won't even know and we won't even get the credit? But is that what matters? But if we will just decide, I cannot stay where I am any longer. I refuse to just survive another day. I'm going to engage in God's power. I'm going to engage in what God is wanting to do collectively and individually. I think it was a little bit farther, I believe. I don't think I read it, did I? That man that doubted and questioned. Missed it. Missed it. Let me tell you something. God's bringing harvest and revival through somebody. God's going to impact this world through somebody. But it's not going to be those who are sitting around waiting. It's going to be those that decide, you know what? I'm going to do something and see if God will do something. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse number 15. And Samuel arose and got him up from Gilgal unto Gibeah of Benjamin. And Saul numbered the people that were present with him, about 600 men. If I remember correctly, as I was restudying and digging a little deeper into this passage, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I read where at one point Saul's army was hundreds of thousands of men. Hundreds of thousands of men. And he's all the way down to 600 men. Part of the reason is because Saul 
is in the process of God's judging him. But I want you to notice something here in, the mo- in a moment. Even while God is judging one, Even while God is judging one, He can be bringing victory to another. So, you know what? This nation may be in the process of being judged for all of its sinful ways, all of its immorality, all of its ungodliness. But I declare tonight to you that while God may be judging one, at the same time, God is able to be blessing another. By while one may be experiencing a downfall, the other may be experiencing an uplifting. I feel a little bit of pushback, but I'm pretty certain it's not flesh. I'm pretty certain it's not flesh because the enemy has had a pretty easy 10 months. I said the enemy's had a pretty easy 10 months, Brother Lewis. Because the enemy that's supposed to be fighting him has been hiding out from him. But there is something stirring. I said there's something stirring. You hear me in case you think I'm preaching about COVID tonight. I don't care about COVID. There's something bigger that God's wanting to do than get rid of COVID. There's something greater God's looking to do in this earth than get rid of a virus. There are billions of souls that are in need of salvation. That's what God is most concerned about. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jacob. This is pretty close to what it's like. Jacob's been coming since August, right? How many months? August, September, October, November, December, January. Six months. He's gotten just a little bit of a peak a couple of times at Antioch. He's been coming six months, and this actually is more like it, Jacob. Saul numbered the people that were present with him, about 600 men. And Saul and Jonathan, his son, and the people that were present with him abode in Gibeah of Benjamin. But the Philistines encamped 
in Michmash, and the spoilers came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned unto the way that leadeth to Ophrah, unto the land of Shuol, and another company turned the way to Beth Haran, and another company turned to the way of the border that looketh to the valley of Zeboam toward the wilderness. Now there was no smith, no, no blacksmith found throughout all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears. They took away the ability to make weapons from the children of Israel. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for saying I'm sorry. (laughs) Sister Tyler, if you're watching, I'm sorry for saying I'm sorry. I'm going to say it again. There was no intent. To make any changes in what we're doing here in this sanctuary. But I'll tell you one thing that put me over the edge last Saturday morning. Yes, we have learned that you can speak a word of faith and people can be healed. We have learned that. But the scripture said. The scripture said. Oh, it says you can say to the mountain, be removed and it'll be removed. But the scripture says. You shall lay hands. On the sick, and they shall recover. The enemy has tried to steal some things from us in the last ten months. And you watch this in a moment. I'm not trying to be critical here tonight, but I was half asleep this afternoon. My wife was listening to a message, Brother Nathaniel Haney. I can't remember exactly how she said it, but she said, you think dad's bold? You ought to hear him. So, you know, there's something about a wife comparing you to another man that you're less of a man than that. I'm not really being serious. But let me read. And Saul and Jonathan his son and the oh, I read all that. Now there was no smith, there was no smith, there was no one throughout Israel who could make swords and spears. There hadn't been hardly anybody out of I know there thankfully there have been a there have been some men like Bishop and others. But for the most part, I am sick and tired of hearing men of God talk about last year being such a terrible year. And it being the worst year of our lives. First of all, if that's the worst... None of us got our heads cut off. None of us got our backs beaten. As of this point, we've only, from a natural standpoint, from a fleshly language, we would say, we've only lost one in this congregation, except we didn't lose Brother Whaley. He ran his race. He finished his course. He kept the faith. He got his crown of righteousness. We haven't had to meet underground figuratively. 
And we want to call 2020 the worst. We want to call it the year from hell. Do you know what the Bible says about hell? You ever read about hell? I don't know how you read about hell and call 2020 hell. There was no smith found in Israel. But all the Israel, look at this, all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his share and his coulter and his axe and his mattock, yet they had a file for the mattocks and for the coulters and for the forks and for the axes and to sharpen the goads. They had to go, the children of Israel, the people of God, had to go to the world for their weapons. Except they weren't even noticed. They weren't sharpening swords and spears. They were sharpening forks and axes and goads. You know what? I think the enemy has been deceiving the church in the last ten months in sharpening things. And we feel good because we're getting stuff sharpened. Oh, God. We're... As usual, <laughs> this is not in the notes. We're getting our ability sharpened to make church optional. We're getting our ability sharpened to make church convenient in our lives. We're getting our ability sharpened to worship when it's convenient. We're getting our ability sharpened to hide in a corner because it's inconvenient. That's what the Philistines will sharpen. But oh, listen to this. It came to pass in the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan, but with Saul and his son Jonathan, there was a sword found. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the passage of Michmash. I'm, I declare tonight, there's been a lot of things this last year that the devil thinks he's stolen. But I believe there's some people in this sanctuary. I believe there's some people watching online. I believe there's people throughout this country and around this world that you've been holding on to some things while the enemy's been stealing it from those that would give it up. You've been hiding some things in a good way saying, I'm not giving up my faith. I'm not giving up my trust. I'm not giving up my confidence in the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the power of God. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the passage of Michmash. Watch this, kind of like the four lepers. Now it came to pass, chapter 14, verse 1, it came to pass upon a day that upon a day just a day. What's different about February 7th, Brother Wright, that if we engage some, I don't know, it might just be a day. But let's see what can happen on a day. It came to pass upon a day that Jonathan the son of Saul said unto the young man that bear his armor, come and let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father. He didn't tell his father because there's some folks want you to stay silent 
Because the problem is, if you get out of your comfort zone, it messes up their comfort zone. So Jonathan snuck away so his father wouldn't know it. And Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree which is in Migran. And the people that were with him were about 600 men. And Ahiah the son of Ahitab, Ichabod's, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, wearing an ephod. And the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. Permit me for a moment to just imagine or assume why they did not know that Jonathan was gone. I think it's because these 600 men were sitting around having a pity party. Can you believe the condition we're in? Can you believe what we're facing? Can you believe what we're dealing with? Can you believe what we're going through? Heads bowed in despair and not knowing that Jonathan and his armor bearer decided, I have had enough of the negativity. I've had enough of the discouragement. I've had enough of the doubt. I'm going to get away from this company. had no idea that Jonathan and his armor bearer were gone. And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over into the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of one was Bozes and the name of the other was Sina. Notice, you might have to go through some cutting places to get to the victory. It's not going to be a red carpet rolled out where they give you a five-star hotel treatment. They meet you at the car door and open the door and get your bags. And you don't have to touch your bags. You just go up to your room and lay back on the big old king-size bed where they do everything for you. I'm going to tell you, God's never given one victory that way. Every victory that God gives, you're probably going to have to navigate some cutting places and make up your mind. I don't care what it costs me to get to the victory I'm going to get to what God has for me the forefront of the one was situate northward over against McMash and the other sounds like some kind of food dish what's for dinner tonight mom McMash and the other southward over against Gibeah. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. Watch this. Watch this. This is not really a statement of doubt. This isn't a statement of unbelief. What he's saying is, I don't have a rhema from God for this situation. But let's go see that the Lord will work for us. It may be. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. I've tried and the Holy Ghost has tried to squeeze it out me for years and years. By by the help of the Lord, I'm there tonight or at least as close as I've ever been. Bishop said years ago, 
right before or after the call to war in Singapore. We are supposed to love everybody, but we are only supposed to lead the hungry. I have spent a lot of time loving everybody and trying to lead everybody, but I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost tonight, it's time for this congregation to engage. It's time to move. It's time to decide. If we do something, God might do something. Four lepers had no word from God. Jonathan had no word from God. He was just sick and tired of sitting around with a bunch of people belly aching about the circumstances when he knew there is a God that might do something. Bible exposition commentary says action without promises is presumption, not faith. But when you have God's promises, you can go forward with confidence. If you didn't read it yet, if you didn't listen to the audio yet, if we never get one more thing from God, the prophetic word that we got in 2017 from the man of God in this pulpit ought to be enough for every one of us to decide. I refuse to live another day in despair. I refuse to live another day in discouragement. I didn't ask for God to say what he said through Brother Shelton in this pulpit, but God said If God said it, then why don't we make up our minds? We are going to be a part of it. I was listening to a message. Brother Josh Hall shared the link with me. Man of God, I'd never heard of him before. He's preaching at Brother Hood's church in Denver, Colorado. He made this statement. There's some people that are waiting on their promises when they are supposed to be warring with their promises. Mm. I'm going to read it again. If you're taking notes, write it down. If you're not taking notes, get a device out. Get a piece, pen and piece of paper out. Write it down. There's some people waiting on their promises when they are supposed to be warring with their promises. God You said. God, you said. God, you said. And his, listen, listen, his armor bearer, watch this, watch this, watch this. His armor bearer, his armor bearer said, do all that is in your heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to To thy heart. Wow. 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 Would to God that every person in a role of leadership would have an armor bearer like Jonathan had that says, you, you may not given me, you may not be giving me anything more than a might or a maybe, but if that's what you're going to act on, I'm going to act on it with you. If that's what you're going to take a step of faith on, I'm going to take a step of faith. I don't need you, Jonathan, to guarantee me a victory. I don't need you to guarantee me we're going to live through today. If that's what you're going to do, I'm going to go with you.
I'm not going to, I'm going to skip a little bit of this for time's sake. The story basically is they get to where the Philistines, this group of Philistines were camped. I don't, I never understood quite the way that Jonathan fleeced God on this or told his armor bearer. He said, if we get there and they look down at us and tell us to stay where we are, we will stay where we are. But if we get there and they tell us to come to where they are, we're going to where they are. I just said it different. I just said if we get there and they tell us to stay where we are, that's the sign that they're afraid and God's going to do something. That's not what Jonathan said. I mean, odds are pretty good that a bunch of men that outnumber two guys with one sword are going to... You want, you want a piece of this? You want a piece of us? Bring it on. And Jonathan said, if they tell us to come, we're going. And they went. And God caused them to turn against themselves. Next thing you know, Saul shows up to get on the tail end of the glory. When he didn't do nothing before it. It was Jonathan and his armor bearer and God. And the Philistines, were they were turning on themselves and defeating each other. But guess what also happened? There were some other people that came out of the woodwork and started now fighting with Jonathan and his armor bearer. Can we make up our mind tonight? If you're a Jonathan and his armor bearer and you start the fight and somebody else comes along after you're well on your way to victory, that's okay. Join in with us. Come apart. Be a part of it with us. Because it's not about who gets the glory because it's all about him getting the glory. So the Lord saved, verse 23, Israel that day. The Lord saved Israel that day. That day. That day when two guys, really one guy and the other one was tagging along, that day that God saved Israel is when one person finally said, enough is enough. The bottom line is, For you and I to decide, I'm tired of sitting here. I'm going to engage in what God wants to do. We are not getting out. We are not stepping out on nothing. This church, collectively, this congregation, I've had men of God in the past four years since we became a congregation that have prophesied direct words to me about this congregation. So we've got words for Antioch. We've got words for Antioch Central. We've got individuals in this place tonight that have a word from God. It's time for you to stop waiting on the word and start warring with the word. You know what, I, we, I think we did this a while ago. We printed these a couple of years ago and gave them out. If you didn't get one, I'll send you a copy. Email us, we'll give it to you. We'll send you an electronic copy, you can print it. But you know what, I think everybody, ought, we ought to start every single day, as foolish as it is, whether you've got it on a digital copy or you've got a hard copy. If you've got a hard copy, just pick it up for a moment and say, God, don't forget. God, don't forget. Now, I, I reread it and then I listened to the whole audio. 
And I got to tell you, I'm reading through that going, okay, God, that's some pretty big stuff you're saying, and I'm the pastor here. And I don't know that I've got what it takes. I'm not sure. I'm not so-and-so. I'm not this man of God. I don't have these talents, these abilities. But you know what? I finally think I got to the place I was supposed to get to. And that is, God, you said it and you knew who I was. You said it and you put me here. That goes for me, but that goes for all of you. Because what God said was not about one single person. It was about all of us. And so God knows our weaknesses. God knows our inabilities. God knows our failures. And when God says what he's going to do, he takes all of that into account. And he knows that he has the ability to do what he said he would do. Leviticus 7, excuse me, Leviticus 26 and verse 7. Listen, listen, this is one reason why I don't know if Jonathan knew this passage. I don't know if those four lepers knew this, but maybe maybe they did. Leviticus 26 and 7, you will chase your enemies and they shall be and they shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you shall chase a hundred. And a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. We're just a little group gathered here tonight. I don't mean that disparagingly. I don't mean that unkind. But in the in in comparison to five hundred thousand souls in this county, we are just a little group. In comparison to billions of people in this world, we are just a little group. But God can take just a handful and put thousands to flight from a handful. Joshua 23 and verse number 9, For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong, but as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand. Oh, wait a minute. Leviticus said five would chase a hundred. To Joshua, he said, one is going to chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you as he hath promised you. But you can't just sit outside the city and do nothing and God fight for you. You want God to fight for you? You got to get engaged. You want God to move on your behalf? You got to move. You want God to do the miraculous? You've got to take a step of faith. If I'm not mistaken, the majority of the miracles that Jesus did in the Gospels were in response to the person reaching out. Yes, there were some that he initiated. But there was a whole lot of them. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, Bartimaeus. You can't bother him. He's too busy. Jesus, thou son of David. I wish a Bartimaeus spirit would get a hold of some folks in this church that say, I don't care who tries to silence me. I don't care who tries to shut me down. Jesus. Jesus. 
It was a woman with an issue of blood that was given up because everything she tried didn't work. But if I can just get to the hem of his garment, I'm going to have to push some things out of the way. There's going to be some things that oppose me. There's going to be some obstacles. But if I can just get to the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Romans 8.31 What shall we then say to these things? What then shall we say to these things? Political upheaval. Racial injustice. COVID-19, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, degenerative muscles, financial difficulties. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Brother and Sister Bishop, there's a few Brother Richards. I know there's a couple of you, Brother Groves, Brother Middletons. I know I, I can't call all of your names, so forgive me. I know it was more of you, but there's people in this place tonight. Some of you have seen the picture, but there's people in this place that saw the sign that sat down on the highway. Here rises Antioch. If God be for us, who can be against us. We stand here on February the 7th, 2021, because if God be for us, who? 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 And the answer is no one. The last, the last words, the last words of the prophecy from Brother Shelton that I read, don't forget, most of the time when God says something, it's usually not really about that moment. And I declare in the Holy Ghost tonight that I believe the last paragraph of this prophetic word applies to us tonight. Now, if I'm God and if you're, and if I'm your God, if I'm God and if I'm your God, release me. 
this very moment, release me. Open your mouth, open your spirit, and release me. And know that what I have promised you that I was going to do, I am absolutely going to do it. And if I am your God, release me in this place right now.